Welcome to the Knock Soccer Podcast, where we tell the soccer stories of our favorite big town, little city, Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm Patrick Teasdale. Welcome to our first high school soccer recap episode brought to you by OnRise Care. We've got a full lineup for you today. First, Brian and I have a chat with our high school correspondent, Carter Moore, who's been writing weekly articles on the website of all the great high school soccer happenings. Then, Brian spoke with Brindley Murphy, the center forward of the number one team in the country, Bearden High School, about her career and aspirations. This episode is packed full, so let's get into it. All right, Brian and Patty are here now, and we are joined for our first ever high school girls soccer recap with our correspondent, Carter Moore. You've been reading Carter's summaries for the past couple of weeks, but we want to give him the opportunity to introduce himself. So Carter, say hello to the Knox Soccer Podcast audience and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey there, everybody. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here. I want to thank you guys so much for letting me do this, letting me be a part of this. It's been a really fun opportunity. My name is Carter Moore. I am a sophomore student here at the University of Tennessee. I'm originally from Grenada, Mississippi. I don't exactly have an extensive soccer background. I played when I was in about second grade and I was terrible, but I've enjoyed watching it ever since. I've been a, I like to at least think of myself as a Spurs fan over in the Premier League. I keep up with the Sounders a little bit here in the MLS. I know I'm getting, I'm getting some head shakes over from Brian and Pat. No, this, no, not another Spurs fan. Brian, where do we get these people? Uh, where's the Arsenal fans? Oh, no. Carter, you have no, wonderful no. writing. Let's get back on track. Wonderful writing. Continue. Well, I'll, I'll cut this out. I'm a journalism student, so I've always been interested in all sorts of things. I've always enjoyed writing. I work at our radio station here at UTWTK, 90.3 The Rock. But I've, I've loved sports as well for most of my life. I, I'm the kind of person that likes to be like to learn about everything. And so whenever something just kind of pull me in a little bit, so that's how it's been with soccer and really trying to understand the whole game. All right, Carter. So uh, faithful listeners out there, Carter actually had the, let's say, memorable experience of having me as his college professor in, in the past. And I'm sure he remembers how much I emphasized the importance of access for good journalism and good reporting. Many years ago, I actually transitioned from blogging about international soccer and club soccer to covering the Lady Vols and covering local high school soccer for the Knoxville New Sentinel and the Daily Times of Maryville. And I remember how incredible an experience it was to go and watch these games that weren't being televised, that very few people were covering and reporting on and getting to see the intensity and the passion and the fandom and the parents sometimes yelling from the sidelines and the girls celebrating their goals. So I have wonderful memories of it. Carter, what's it been like for you going and covering high school games this past month? It has definitely been a lot more fun than I even expected. I thought I'd enjoy it, but it has been a tremendous amount of fun. It is stressful and intimidating for sure at times. Being that voice and having to think about everything as it's happening and trying to keep up with the entire game because soccer is one of those games as opposed to some of the others where it, there's always action everything's always in motion so trying to keep focus on what's important and what's happening it is difficult for sure and that's been something that's i've enjoyed being able to learn and yet like i said it's intimidating thinking i am the voice for this event that other people would never otherwise be able to see about so it's intimidating but exciting and fun too and i've definitely enjoyed like you said seeing the fans and the passion with that talking with the players and coaches has been one of my favorite parts of this and seeing how much 
they enjoy the game and how much they care about what they're doing. That's been really fun to see. Carter, so far at the time of recording, you've been to four different matches. You watched Maribel beat Alcoa 5-0, Hardin Valley beat Lenoir City 2-1, Gibbs's 7-1 victory over South Dole, and Powell. I'm, I'm pronouncing both those last ones wrong. I think it's South Dole 7-1 uh, loss to Gibbs and Pal, Pal's 7-0 win. I was told it's like P-A-L, just Pal. Their 7-0 victory over Carnes. I know you've got a game that you're attending this week and several others scheduled for the rest of the fall. Do you have any memorable moments from any of those four matches that you've covered so far? Any things that stand out in your in your mind? My trip to Hardin Valley for that game was especially exciting. That was the first time I ever set foot in any press box of any type. And I realized it's quote unquote just a high school field, but it's still just it's it's an experience I didn't even realize how much I wanted to have until I was up there. And that was almost a dream come true without even realizing it. In terms of on the field, that match was one of the most intense that I've ever so that Harden Valley match itself was a fun one to watch. Specifically though, talking about South Doyle and their match against Gibbs, Diana Aguilar's goal for South Doyle is the only one they got, but it was genuinely incredible. She's a sophomore player, but kind of been a professional out on the field. The way that she just stood up and set for the goal and kicked it straight over, it was seriously about 40 yards that it flew straight into the net. Beautiful goal. Despite the loss, I think that team's got great future ahead with players like that. That's awesome. You know, I think people don't expect some of these standout moments like, you know, Carter admitted to us that he's a Spurs fan. And we know uh, one of our other podcast buddies, uh, Dakota Booth, who's helped us with a lot of our uh, social media coverage throughout the, the one Knoxville season. He's also a Spurs fan. And I saw Dakota share that Spurs women's team actually uh, scored an incredible 40-yard strike yesterday, what's probably going to be the goal of the season for the Women's Super League. And you don't expect to see that stuff on a high school soccer field, and then you do. And you're like, wow, this game, there may be levels to the game, but the beautiful moments that you could experience are the same at any level. Absolutely. We know that this week you're going to be covering Web and CAK, so I'm sure the result of that match will be posted by the time that this recording is up. Uh, in my past experience, I did get to cover a Web high school football game back in 2014 and they had the best food selection for the reporters there there were a handful of us at the time i think we got chick-fil-a i don't remember exactly have you gotten to enjoy any uh press box food selections and if you haven't maybe for our high school soccer coaches who are listening that you're going to go to the one of their games in september october maybe maybe they can you know put this on the list of something for carter i have not gotten any press box food selection that hardin valley was the only time i really got to be in the press box press box and it's interesting some of these games are played on the high school field some of them are actually played at local middle schools or elementary schools the difference being turf or grass whichever the coaches prefer so when the coaches want to play on grass it's a little bit more rudimentary setup not quite the press box food selection i did have an amazing hot dog at powell game families were just cooking it on the sidelines and that was that was a really good hot dog but that's not the only stand-up food experience i've had so far quick knock soccer podcast poll patty how do you prefer your hot dogs oh man all right so if it's not a chili dog then it's mustard Bun, mustard, and just go for it. Most you, likely, you, I prefer a corn dog, but I mean. Do you prefer a boiled dog or a grilled dog? Like a ooh, nice high school Oh, boiled. so we're going all the way back. Yeah, yeah, no, no, oh, no, no, no. Dude, no. It's got, people want to know. Got to be grilled, 
and little burnt ends. Like you kind of forgot about it, you know, but then you're like, you, you got it off before it's too gone, you know, like a little bit of that and then bun, mustard, maybe a little bit of relish, maybe spicy mustard. So kind of almost brought territory, but with a hot dog. Carter, how do you like your dogs? If I'm at a sporting event, definitely got to be grilled. Mine's, I recognize my opinion is wrong here, but I'm a catch up on the dog kind of guy. <laughs> I, I realize. So he, I he, realize. he admits he's wrong with spurs and he admits he's wrong with ketchup. All right, good, good, good. And I'll stand with it. So for me, it's funny because I actually also enjoy ketchup on my hot dogs, but I kind of make this weird medley. It gets worse. I like a wheat <laughs> bun because in my mind, I've convinced myself that wheat is healthier than than white in all situations. Right, And of then I like a grilled dog with sauerkraut, relish, mm. and ketchup. All oh, three. Oh, wow. The holy trinity. Mm-hmm. On a yeah. wheat bun. Is it is it is it just warmed grilled or is it like kind of oh, no. some grill like marks or some burnt yeah some burnt mm-hmm. yeah okay oh yeah oh yeah that's a the 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 Brian special all right so hopefully Carter will get to enjoy some more food selections whether provided by the teams or just from the sidelines throughout the season but but speaking of the season so far we know this past weekend Bearden High School wrapped their annual invitational. Um, that was one of the big standout events so far of the girls' high school soccer season. So Bearden has been the number one team in the country. They started the season number two. They're number one in a little while, as Patty alluded to in his introduction. We'll hear for Brindley Murphy. Carter's yet to cover a Bearden game, but he has been keeping up with Bearden, Maryville, all the other teams from the region that are doing well, um, and, and some of their results, some of their storylines. So, Carter, can you loop us in, man? What's been happening with high school soccer in the Knoxville area? Absolutely. Well, of course, Bearden is the one that gets a lot of the coverage, and rightfully so. You know, Brindley Murphy, tremendous player. Bearden has not just won all of their games. They have pretty much dominated every team that they've played. Within district play alone, I want to say their smallest margin of victory is seven goals, which uh, and they're 3-0 and so far. Their next district match is going to be coming up against at Lenore City. Now, that's a team I also do want to highlight. Lenore City historically has not been a tremendous program in AAA District 4. But this year, Coach Pickle over there has he's done an incredible job to help build up that program. They don't aren't able to pull as much from the club players as the schools in Knoxville are. Your Beardens, your Farragut's, things like that. So they don't necessarily have the talent pool that a lot of these schools have. But Lenore City... Uh, even though they're one, two, and one in the district, they have played incredibly tight matches. Hardin Valley, one of, I believe, their second in the district, uh, only won by a goal, and that was a tight match throughout. Lenore City tied Maribel two to two, and they lost to Farragut by two goals as well. And those were both, I believe, late goals from Farragut. So Lenore City has, even though they might not be in contention for the district, definitely showing signs of uh, potential down the road in the future. And uh, definitely an exciting thing to see a new team coming up in the ranks in Knoxville soccer. Maryville and Hardin Valley both have Division One commits on their attacking lines as well. Nora Jakeman over at Hardin Valley and Kayla Barr down at Maryville. Between them and Brindley Murphy, those three players have really kind of defined the landscape of this district. But with that comes risk. You know, if there's any injury, these teams are kind of, they're not exclusively built around these players, but they are crucial components to their teams. So... As long as they're healthy, things will be good. These are all seniors, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned that. Over in double-A ball, though, two teams have really stood out, Carter and Seymour. They're actually the only two Knoxville area double-A teams with winning records. They both play in District 3. 
Carter's five and four, Seymour is 16 and three so far. One of the leaders over at Seymour has been Trista Lane. She's a senior. She tore her ACL in the last game last year, but she has come back this year. She is in the midfield, and she's been an anchor for their team, scored three goals so far in the six games that she's gotten to play. Over in Division Two, one of the most exciting stories, actually, in Division Two, single A, uh, Concord Christian School. They've got a newer soccer program. I think they've only been playing four or five years. They've gone 8-1-1 one, and one this year. They got their first ever wins against CAK and Alcoa. They lead the district. They'll be playing current second place team Grace Christian on Tuesday. They've been led by their captains, Jalen Spiller and JC Kate Jennings. Yeah, they've been building up their team for a long time. They've got some of their seniors on there who've been playing since middle school, since they kind of started their program. So it's a big moment for this team coming up. Really excited to see what comes out of that. Talking about Seymour and Carter, they're going to be playing against each other on September 29th. That's definitely going to decide the district and probably the region within AA. I think the other potential standout, Gibbs definitely has a strong team. They haven't had some of the best on the field results, but they do currently lead District 4 down in AA. Uh, They've only played one district match, though. That was against South Doyle. But I definitely think they'll have a good shot against Fulton and Austin East. Halls has done well for themselves. They beat Austin East. Um, But I I got a feeling Gibbs is going to come out on top down in District 4, but I definitely think they'll have a hard time against either Carter or Seymour for the region. West is the other big name, AAA District 3, so they haven't had to face Bearden yet. They'll be playing on Tuesday the 27th. That's going to be a big rivalry. West is 8-0-1, and actually in some rankings they are above Bearden. I know Max Preps has them above Bearden, as does Coach T. Top drawer soccer, though, does have Bearden in second in the state and does not have West ranked, so High school rankings can be challenging to keep track with. West hasn't had a challenge yet either. They took down Knox Central six to nothing just this past week. They took down Overbridge five to nothing. They're playing their own rivalry game tomorrow, Tuesday, as we record this on September 20th against Powell. I know we'll have that result by the time this comes out, but I know that's going to be an intense match. There's definitely some bad blood between those schools. So I have to see how that goes. And that's a district matchup as well. Oak Ridge looking like the other, Oak Ridge or Central looking like the other potentials for AAA District 3. Oak Ridge does have, has already lost to West, so I don't, uh, as has Central, so I don't think they'll be in contention to win, but who knows when tournament play comes around, any given team on any given day. They've definitely got some great players on those teams as well. The only other thing to add is that the only game West has not won was a tie against Baylor, and Baylor themselves are tearing up Division II AA. So that is testament to how well they're doing. Brian, maybe that's that's what we move into next, the Knox Soccer power rankings. Yeah. And actually make make a legit power rankings. This is why we need your support, friends and listeners, because as Carter has just described, it is a tough landscape to keep up with. We've got multiple ranking systems, Coach T, Max Preps, TSSA, the state. It's hard to know who are the top teams at any given moment. I think what's really cool about high school soccer is that for any community that has rich high school soccer, there's a culture there. There's this consistency there for fans, for family members, for parents. You know, uh, I know a lot about Hall's girls soccer just because my sister-in-law played for Hall's until last year. My wife, once upon a time, played for Hall's when they beat Oak Ridge to the district championship. I believe she scored the winning penalty kick as a sophomore uh, when I was coaching club soccer for Emerald for soccer club, I would go to high school games all over town to watch my players 
uh, during their high school seasons. And, you know, I'd see some brutal matches between Bearden and Jefferson County and Knox Catholic and Central at the time, which had a couple of really tight matches back in, you know, 2017, 2018. So the landscape is always shifting and changing, but it's so meaningful for the people that are from these, you know, areas and these schools and they have their, their affiliations and stuff. I'm sure you've seen probably a lot of that while you're there, right, Carter? For sure. I mentioned in the article I wrote about it that Gibbs was a very impressive showing for an away match. Gibbs has been playing this year without a home turf. Their, uh, their high school field is being renovated at the moment, so they've played... Any quote-unquote home games they've had have been at, I believe, Fulton or at a neighborhood park. But there were probably just as many, if not more, Gibbs fans in the stands at South Doyle as there were South Doyle fans. And that same is true. When I went to Powell match, there was a huge contingent of Cardinals fans over on the sides. And Powell themselves had a great showing as well. Tons of students. That's especially one of the best things. And that's why I love school sports so much is that you'll get your connected to something and that draws in people a lot more than really any other sporting environment because there's so much passion for the students to see their friends go out on the field and to give their all right there on the pitch and to go for the win and there's just so much excitement behind it really that's that's one of the most fun things about it yeah i like to say that if you want to see the purity of any sport but especially of soccer in our case you go and you watch it at the high school level because it's easy to look at our multi-millionaire MLS and Premier League players and say, oh, you know, like they, they don't understand what the sport is really about. You, you hear about contract negotiations and transfer drama and you go to a high school field and watch it and it's so pure. It's I, I've often mm-hmm. said that the last time I felt like I could kiss the badge and it really meant something was when I was a high school soccer player because a lot of us don't go on and play in college. We don't play at the pros. And so there's this beautiful, special thing, this nostalgia even as you get older. So we are glad at the Knox Soccer Podcast to be able to bring that to everybody. Carter, we know that you've got a couple more matches that you're going to cover. And we have the big storylines with Beard and the number one team in the country, West and Marable, also really good schools. You mentioned some up-and-comers that we don't usually hear about. Gibbs looking to perform well in their district as well as uh, Oak Ridge. Powell got the big result that you've covered. Who are you going to see in the next couple of weeks? What games are you going to and what are you looking forward to covering? So I think we've mentioned uh, CAK and Webb is the next one that I'm going to. It'll probably have already happened by the time this goes out. Next week on the 27th, I'm going to go to that West at Bearden game and see how that turns out. Even though it's not a district matchup, plenty of rivalry between those two schools. And the following week on October 4th, I'm going to see Oak Ridge and Carter, both of which, you know, I've already talked about. No idea what the playoff schedule is going to be yet, but definitely intend to cover as much as I'm able to, as many playoff games as happen in Knoxville as I'm able to get to. Of course, we'll that will kick off October 10th, and the state tournament runs as late as the 28th. So, you know, as well as teams do, that's as far as we can keep covering, but definitely excited to see how these teams do come playoffs time. Carter will continue to cover the teams and we will have an October high school soccer recap for you where uh, the storylines, you know, maybe wrapping up. We know Bearden's going for its second consecutive state championship, which would be a very big deal for that team. And so we'll continue to keep you updated on what's happening in our big city, little town's soccer world. Dear listener, if you see Carter out there at your high school soccer match, make sure to say hi, uh, give him a hot dog, 
introduce him to how you like your hot dog. Cheer him on as he cheers your team on and gives us an awesome weekly high school game of the week. Carter, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining the team and growing the Knock Soccer podcast presence. We just love reading all about the high school soccer. Dear listener, if you have a suggestion on what other games we should cover, as well as future rivalries, be sure to send us a DM on Instagram or tweet at us. We would absolutely love that. And now let's uh, kick it over to our interview with Brindley Murphy and continue this September issue of our high school games of the week. Before we get to Brindley Murphy, let's take a short break. This high school recap episode is brought to you by OnRise Care. OnRise Care is a proud sponsor of the Knox Soccer Podcast and One Knoxville SC. OnRise takes a team-based approach for delivering high-quality, compassionate mental health and athlete player care. Learn more at OnRiseCare.com or call 865-288-8970 to learn about their telepsychiatry and other services. Kim and the OnRise Care team were crucial to One Knoxville's success in its first season on and off the pitch. Kim has also been a loyal listener to the pod from the very beginning. So thank you, Kim and OnRise Care, for sponsoring all of the high school content on the Knox Soccer Podcast. This is Brian Canevet here, Knox Soccer Podcast, and I'm very excited to have with me Brinley Murphy, the star of Bearden High School's Lady Bulldog Soccer Team. A little bit of background for all of our listeners. Brinley was named the Prep Extra Girls Soccer Player of the Year and Prep Extra Girls Athlete of the Year last year for Bearden after leading not just the girls soccer team to to a state championship, but also the basketball team to its first state championship in program history. Brinley was named the 2021-22 Gatorade Player of the Year for Tennessee. Her coach, Ryan Radcliffe, called her one of the most talented and hardest working athletes that he ever coached, a player who dominates the field through work ethic and skill. As a junior last year, Brindley led the Bulldogs to a 23-0-1 record in the Class AAA State Championship. She scored 30 goals and 11 assists. She's got more than 70 goals at this point in her career. Bearden, if any of you have followed along with high school soccer this fall, you know is ranked the number one team in the country. Brinley will be leaving us in the next year to go and play soccer at South Carolina. Uh, besides playing here at Bearden, she's also played at CESA in South Carolina and at FC Alliance for their ECNL team. Brinley, did I miss anything that you've done so far in your career? No, sir, that's not it. <laughs> All right, so um, Brinley, she, she knows this, but listeners, I'll tell you um, what's incredible about this story is uh, as many of you know, in my day job, I work at the University of Tennessee. And four years ago, I was sitting in an office with Brinley's mom, Lee, and I was telling her that I am a, a girls' soccer coach and telling her about my team. And she said, look at some clips of my daughter. She's a soccer player too. And she showed me these uh, clips of Brinley training with one of the FC Alliance boys teams playing in South Carolina. And I was like, wow, this is quite the player. And you fast forward four years and um, – Every possible bit of potential came to fruition. Brinley's one of the most accomplished players to come out of Knoxville in recent years. So, Brinley, after achieving so much, I got to start by asking you, how did you how did you get involved with soccer? How did soccer become a part of your life? Both my parents grew up playing 
loved the sports. Like my mom did soccer. She played a little bit of basketball. She did, she was actually a goalie in soccer, part of like, which is kind of crazy for me to think about, but she played goalie. She did field hockey. And then like now she runs like seven miles a day. But my dad, he did soccer when he was younger, but a lot of basketball. And he actually played basketball in college at Lenore Ryan. So they both played sports. So obviously they're like, oh, we're going to have a kid. She's going to play play sports. So I like three, I've been playing soccer. So, you know, which is, I've always been around it. And I, I played basketball a little as well, but soccer, they definitely pushed a lot harder. Uh, my daughter, she's two and a half. She plays soccer shots right now. We're still in very much in the learning uh, phase of her, <laughs> of her soccer career. But did, did you get involved by playing through soccer shots or did you get involved with the club? And uh, when did you figure out, oh, I kind of, I kind of like this. I got involved with the academy team at Alliance. So I never did like the OSO or hot shots, really. I think I just went straight to the like uh, academy. But just for as long as I've known, I've always loved soccer. Like it's it's just always my life. Like I don't know why I remember this so vividly, but I remember being in like preschool or something and having to leave early to go to soccer and stuff. Just like my whole life, it's always been around. And I've always loved soccer. And no, But no one in my family ever, well, both my aunts actually played soccer and one of them played in college. But besides that, there hasn't really been a big like push. So I love it. I always have. Okay, so people have lots of different reasons why they love the game or different things that they're good at. So for me, I grew up with an Argentinian family and Argentinians love to play with the ball at their feet. And I love creative plays. You know, they'll say that sometimes, um, you know, your team will lose. But if you hit a Rabona or if you nutmeg somebody, <laughs> it's like, it's absolutely yeah. worth it. And, and yeah. sometimes for me, like, you know, I'll have a great assist and that assist counts more than any goal I've scored. What were the things about soccer that, that you really enjoyed or, or that you loved and has that changed over the years? Definitely. Just like aside from soccer itself is like all my best friends have come from soccer. So that's like a, a really like important thing for me is that like the friendship, like my best friends are all from, or a lot of them all from soccer, but I love headers. Like that's just like, if I score a header, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm feeling good. I love doing one and two touch, just especially when it builds out of the back and it's just like it you like know, build it from the back, you build it to the midfield and build it forward. It's just like a good worked up goal. I love that. Two polar opposites, but also just a scrappy goal sometimes. Like those are the ones you need. So nothing's better than like well, you know, two O is the worst lead to have in soccer at halftime. So it's good like when you're the team down by two and then you come back and win. I think that's Honestly, one of the best things about soccer. 2-0 actually is the worst scoreline. I I was playing in a in an adult rec league playoff earlier this week, and we were up 2-0 within a minute of the game. And then uh, the game was like brutal for the rest of it because you, oh, you just always expect yeah. the other team to come back. This season, Bearden has, hasn't had a lot of 2-0 scorelines. I was going <laughs> through and seeing, you know, 7-0s, 8-0s, 9-0s, a blowout of mm -hmm. Farragut, one of the school's big rivals. Um, what's it been like playing on that team? I know that you, you've played a lot of different positions, mm -hmm. center back, midfield, center forward. What's this season been like blowing out and so many teams and being ranked so highly in the country? So for high school, I pretty much only play center forward. Sometimes I'll drop into the midfield or go wide. It's been amazing. Like we, I think we've done a good job of coming back this year because we lost pretty much, we lost our entire back line last year. So that was kind of our, Thing coming back in where we're like okay we have to completely build a back line which is honestly the hardest for like positions to build back together because they really have to be on the same page so 
I've been so proud. Like the back line has done amazing. We've only got scored on one time so far this year. And the goals have been like a very wide variety. Like the games we win, like 7-0, It's not like someone scoring five goals, someone scoring this many goals. It's like a bunch of girls on the team scoring, which is the best thing you could possibly have. Like it's good to have someone who scores a lot of goals, but also it's amazing to have more players score. So you're like, what if something happens or what if this player's taken out of the game? We have other people that can score. So I think that's honestly one of the best things about the Bearden program is that you have a bunch of people who are ready to step up. And we all, we also have a very large roster. So we have like 41 people on the team or something, like a huge number. But Rad puts them all on the team knowing that at one point in their career, they will be playing on the field, on the varsity field. So I think that's a big thing about the culture of Bearden. And did you go straight into the varsity team when you got to high school? Or has it been a process for you to kind of find your feet and come into uh, the player that you became last year? Yeah, I played on varsity freshman year. So the senior who was like, who I like looked up to, Taylor Cross, she was committed to Carson Newman when I was a freshman. She was a senior. She actually got hurt like in the beginning of preseason. So I ended up like starting in her spot and I like started the rest of the, like my freshman year. She was definitely there to guide me though. So I, and I had a bunch of amazing, like Abby Brewer, she was on a team she could have played in college but she just decided not to but um it's definitely built built each year and rad has taught me a lot like freshman year I would always I don't know I'd, I'd try to do too much you know and run around like I just make too many runs that are just like why why are you making that run so I think I've definitely grown a lot in that way with the help of rad and my teammates I'll ask this first are you a fan of soccer outside of playing are you a fan of the game yes I I tend to watch a lot more like college soccer though because sometimes professional I just I just can't get into it sometimes honestly I I like college because that's like the next step for me so maybe in college I'll watch more like professional stuff in that case I I watch probably too much soccer I got really lucky I married a soccer player (laughs) Uh, she she played high school soccer at halls we met when you know we were both older playing adult league soccer at fuse which is now crush plex oh yeah 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 yeah, we've played together uh, for many years. We now play together still at Emerald and in KMSL. But I, I have to ask, are you a fan of any players or teams? Is there anyone that you look up to, whether that's a college player, some of the great local players that we have here in Knoxville, or a player on the U.S. Women's National Team, or really anywhere? I follow, like... Olympic Lyon a lot because freshman year I went on this like national Adidas team and we went to France and we got to train with like the Olympic Lyon team over there and that was so cool so I I followed them around uh for a little bit like Ada I follow her I keep up with their stuff I definitely watch that and I watch a lot of the U.S. women's national team play probably say Olympic Lyon is my favorite team I watch more consistently, I guess. For listeners who may not be familiar, Olympic Lyon is historically one of the best women's soccer teams in the world. They won the Champions League last year and three years before that, and they've won lots of Champions yeah. Leagues. I believe Lindsay Horan, who plays on the U.S. Women's National Team, is playing there right now. Ada Hegerberg, the player that Brindley mentioned, is uh, one of the best players in the world, uh, had won European Player of the Year award before, has won the Ballon d'Or. Uh, for women. So that's a good team to look up to. Those are good role models and Mm -hmm. examples. (laughs) So I think a lot of people in this city, in the area, probably, probably been looking forward to having Knoxville players make the step up locally into uh, Tennessee and seeing some, some lady balls who represent the city. We haven't had a lot of Knoxville players in the past couple of years come through the lady balls and star. I'll speak for 
for myself. Uh, it's sad to to see a prospect like you go off to South Carolina. But what was that recruiting journey like, like for you? You know, what was it like getting the opportunity to uh, visit other schools and talk to teams about potentially joining them and then eventually uh, making the decision to go to South Carolina, which is one of the top teams in the SEC and in the country? My recruiting process started around eighth grade is when coaches started to like look at me more so like that's the first time South Carolina saw me play and they were the first big school to reach out to my coach and be like oh we're interested in her like we want to see you know we're just gonna we're gonna follow her and stuff so all the rules changed when I was going into ninth grade where it's like you couldn't talk to the player until junior year so and basically it was like I went from like being on the phone with them like coaches like once a week to not talking to them straight for two years unless it was through a coach I knew I didn't want to go to UT because I've grown up around UT my entire life and I just kind of wanted to go somewhere different because you know my mom teaches there so I not that I didn't want to be with her but I just wanted to do my own thing go somewhere else and I would consider like growing up in South Carolina also along with Tennessee because we have a beach house down there in Edisto so I was there every single summer every single break so I am very familiar with South Carolina and then playing on Seaside I just have a very strong connection to South Carolina. My top three schools I was talking to, Georgia, Princeton, and South Carolina were kind of my three I was assigning between. And South Carolina, like their environment there is just so, in my opinion, like above all the others, like the team, like the the coaches are married for South Carolina, which just like brings a unique aspect to the team, which I really liked. And uh, Kat Berry, who's the current like star on our team, she's amazing. She's center forward, and I look up to her a lot. So that also was one of the things. She, we play pretty similar, so uh, that was interesting. So I don't know. I don't think I want to be anywhere else besides South Carolina. All right, that's you made a good case for South Carolina. I am a Jersey <laughs> boy, a Jersey boy originally, so I'm a little bummed oh. to hear that you didn't uh, didn't make the uh, move up I-95 to to Princeton. <laughs> um, yeah. But I'm sure the. I'm sure they'll be fine. So last big question before we get into some some quick hitters. Bearden is ranked number one in the country right now. You entered the season ranked within the top five. Um, the team has performed above even those lofty expectations. You're getting ready to host the Bearden Invitational. By the time this podcast comes out, the results will have been in from this weekend's games. Your favorite to win another state championship for you individually, potentially pick up some some more first team selection, regional player, state player of the year awards. What are you excited about for the rest of the season? What what are you looking forward to in your final season as a high school player? Definitely just we've got to win that state title again, honestly. Rad uh, will remind us of it every single day of our ultimate goal. Like we try not to focus on the little accolades. When we went to play GPS and they scored the first goal on us, all that, we, we still ended up winning three to one, but he was just kind of focusing on more of the next thing because in the scheme of things, for us to get to state, which is our ultimate goal, we have to win the district games, get the shutouts in district and region. So we focus a lot on the things we're going to do to get us to the state championship. So that's winning regional and I and reading, winning districts and regional. So honestly, winning state championship would just be the best. Like, that was probably like one of the best days of my entire life. It was just, you, you can't even describe the feeling. It was, it's amazing. I, I want to feel it again. And I think our team can do it. How did you celebrate last year's state championship win? Talk me through, you know, what went through your head uh, after the final whistle blew. And then uh, how did you and the team um, crown that, that triumph? So the game before us, we were watching it and they played, I remember this like so vividly, they played, we are the champ, like we are the champions after the game. 
for the for the team that won, but the team that was losing, it was just like we were staring at them. We're gonna do whatever it takes. That's not gonna be us. Like we are not gonna be over there crying. Like we're gonna be the team rejoicing and being excited. So we, when the whistle blew, it just felt on like unreal. And uh, all my a lot of my friends came and watched the game, which was great because it was it was in Chattanooga, so it was farther away. But I it couldn't have been better, honestly. But then it was the day before Halloween. So then on Halloween, we hung out with our friends and stuff. So it was really, it was a good celebration. We came back in town and like literally everyone from Bearden, everyone was just like congratulating us and everywhere we went. So it was, it was amazing. Did you dress up for Halloween the next day? Yes. Yeah. And what did you go as? I was wearing like bell-bottom jeans. I don't know, some 70s outfit. Nothing too much. Oh my. Okay. So are you ready for some quick hitting lightning round style questions? Yes. Let's start with this. What is your pregame ritual? I always listen to a song called Reckless Love before every single game. Like I have to listen to it. And then I listen to like another like pump up song. Just any song that's just like I'm I'm feeling in the moment. I'll play before the game. Everyone's like, oh, you don't have any more superstitions than that. But I really don't. I just do the, pretty much do the same thing. Like just that, those two songs. All right. Is that Reckless Love by Corey Asbury? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Very familiar with that song. And then what's your pump up song? It really depends on the game. But <laughs> so Becca Roth, she's um she's also on that bearded team. We listen to um Industry Baby by like Lil Nas X, but that's our that's our other pump up song after that song. Quite the contrast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So you mentioned earlier you like to score with your head. What's the favorite goal? of yours that you've ever scored your most memorable goal this always comes up when people ask me about that but it was when i was playing for crush so like a really long time ago and i don't know if you know who alan schoenfeld is so he was our coach and we were playing in this tournament and we were playing against some rival team i don't know who it was might have been fc or something but i was like 11 or 10 or 11 or something (laughs) and the game was in like overtime no one scored so we went into double overtime and no one scored but then we were gonna go into golden goal before pk shootout so we went into golden goal i was just drilling down the field and i i just i scored from like outside of 18 with my left foot which was it honestly was like the best feeling ever because it was you know a big tournament when you're younger and it was like a left-footed goal so all my teammates came and and like alan was hyping me up so that was probably like my most memorable goal think about yeah so yes i i um when i had my daughter we we tried for the longest time to make her into a lefty she's not a natural lefty but we're gonna work on it because that's yeah definitely a a huge advantage when you play soccer yeah for sure so i just wait i want to verify was that aaron schoenfeld he was your coach no alan alan Alan, okay yeah because aaron um, was yeah professional i was gonna say for our listeners who may not know it Aaron Schoenfeld is one of the few Knoxville players to go fully pro and played professionally in the U.S., in Israel, and is married to Abby Dahlkemper, one of the mm-hmm. center backs for the U.S. Yeah. women's national team. I um, have been actively campaigning on Twitter to try to convince Aaron to come and uh, unretire so he could play with one Knoxville uh, in, in one <laughs> yeah. of his, like his swan song. It hasn't worked yeah. so far, but if you if you have any ins, Brunley, and you can help us oh, out. Oh, I will. Uh, knock- Knock soccer will be very, very thankful. All right. <laughs> is there an athlete or a celebrity who you would most like to meet and take a selfie with? Okay. So 
as a kid, my, my all-time idol was probably Abby Wambach. Like, I was just obsessed with her. When I was younger, I was either like Alex Morgan or Abby Wambach. Like, you had to pick one or the other. And all my friends liked Alex Morgan. So I was like, I'm going to go for Abby Wambach. So I just followed her forever. And she was amazing in the air. So I, like, I wanted to do that. A lot of girls aren't good in the air. So if you're good in the air, it's just that much better. She would be someone I'd want to take a selfie with for sure. Yes. I think I would like to take a selfie with Abby Wambach. I, I will admit <laughs> my daughter, my daughter does have a portrait of Alex Morgan in her room, but I think <laughs> probably, probably one of my top five favorite goals of all time is when Abby Wambach scored that header in extra time against yeah. Brazil in the 2011 yeah. world cup. It was just epic yeah. with the commentary from um, yeah. Ian Dark. I mean, unforgettable. You're a senior. That means that you are seven, eight months away from graduating high school and going on and, and starting your college life, your adult life. What are you most looking forward to after soccer once you finish up high school? I'm obviously excited for the soccer South Carolina, but I want to go pre-med. I, my, like, my dream is to become a dermatologist. I have always wanted to be a doctor and like help people. So dermatology, I could still have like a family and be with my family while being a dermatologist. Pursuing that, I am very excited for it to go on the pre-med path. You know, it's God's plan. So I'll just follow it and see where it takes me. What What is it about dermatology that you, that interests you? So my grandfather is an internist and that just didn't sound very, I just didn't want to be an internist because I didn't want to just it just didn't sound very appealing to me. So I went through Accutane, which is just like it's like a really intense acne process. Yeah. So I had really, really bad acne, like sophomore to junior year. And it's just acne is just awful because you can't, you really can't do anything about it because it's all like hormonal and stuff. So I went through a really tough process and I was just like, I was like, I want to be able to like relate. I know obviously dermatology isn't all about acne. Like that's just a very small part of it, but just like getting exposed to that part of it and talking to my dermatologist, I was like, this is a really interesting field and I would like to pursue it because I knew I wanted to be a doctor of some sort, but dermatology is definitely what I want to be. One of the hardest things about being a teenager and an athlete at the same time, I remember very vividly suffering with acne and always yeah. being sweaty and oily from the soccer field. And I know you're a basketball player as well. Um, but what are some of those things that you love to do when you're not on the soccer field? Yeah, definitely basketball. I don't know how you would call it for basketball, but you know how soccer, you're like you, your technical ability is good. I wouldn't say my technical basketball ability is good, but I like the defense from soccer definitely transmits to basketball. So that's like one of my favorite things. And I, I love working out and going to the gym. And I don't know, I'm around soccer all the time. When I'm not, when I'm not at soccer practice, I I'm at some kind of field doing soccer. So yeah, any kind of exercise I love. Last but not least, you described what it was like to win a state championship last year and how important it will be for you to repeat and claim another state championship your senior year. If Bearden achieves it, how do you plan to celebrate? I'm going to throw a big party and all my soccer friends and everyone is going to come and we're going to celebrate it because like two times in a row, like so Bearden's last state championship for back to back. So I'm definitely going to celebrate with all my friends and family because, I mean, that deserves to be celebrated, especially if we get number one in the country too. That would be, I wouldn't want anything more than that. Well, Brindley, those are all the questions I had for you. If you have any parting words that you'd like to share with the Knock Soccer Podcast audience, 
the floor is yours. Yeah, thank you for having me on. This has been a great experience and I am excited to listen to more of your podcast. And I'll talk I'll talk to Alan for you to see about Aaron. <laughs> All right, everybody. Brindley's going to help us get a hold of Aaron Schoenfeld. I will <laughs> tag his, I will include his Twitter handle in the podcast notes so that you can annoy the snot out of him and try to get him here to Knoxville to finish out his career. Uh, Brindley, thank you so much. Best of luck this weekend. Best of luck with the rest of the season. And um, we look forward to seeing what else you've got. Thank you. Dear listener, thank you so much for Press and Play. Subscribe to the email updates for all of the high school content at knocksoccerpodcast.com. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts, telling us where you're listening from and what you love about the show. On Twitter and Instagram, we are taking requests for what high school matches we should cover. So tweet at us. Stay tuned to the pod feed every other week for new episodes and knocksoccerpodcast.com for weekly content. Rob, Humphrey, Ryan, Rexham AFC, y'all are always welcome on the pod. Just let us know when.